Hello, Texans, and happy President's Day weekend. We kick it off with Texans talk. What else would we do? That's what we're here for. Here in the Hyundai Texans radio studio, Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you. Johnny, big plans this weekend. It's weird not having a football game. I know we had a weekend two weekends ago without a football game, but yep. you had the Senior Bowl, and you knew the Super Bowl was coming. Now you have nothing except the UFL on the horizon. No, don't disappoint me. Um, thank God for YouTube. Because YouTube has every game you could possibly want in condensed form, full form. So, yeah, the last, I don't know, four nights, how many, just five nights this week, at about 10 o'clock when I'm just ready to go to bed, like, okay, let's watch one of the, let's watch a game, mm -hmm. whatever it might be. So, one night it was Texas, Kansas. Um, the other night it was Oregon, Washington, the championship game. Then yesterday was Oregon-Washington, the first game, the regular season game. So they've got all kinds of games that I can just get caught up on. And there are some commercials in some of the games, you know, some ads that pop up, but they're the short ones. They're the YouTube so, ads yeah, they're that come YouTube out of ads. nowhere. Yeah, exactly. You're just watching it all of a sudden. There's Michael Penix and boom, Expedia. There's you know, no whatever it reason is. to it. They do not time it. I know, it's, it's just weird. electronically generated, electronically, yeah. digitally generated, but with all the AI out there, you'd mm -hmm. think they could come up with a good stopping point to you take think, a break, but they don't do that. You'd think, I saw the NBA, speaking of AI, I don't know if you've seen this. I saw this pop up on Twitter today, and um, Adam Silver. Boy, I'm struggling with names lately. You know, I, I saw a picture of Patrick Swayze, uh, Ralph Macchio. From and The Outsiders? The Outsiders. Yeah. And there's... I, Emilio Estevez, like I, I know, like I'm going at each one, and then I get to, I get to Matt Dillon. I can't remember his name. Oh yeah. I'm like, what's his name? Dang it, Matt Dillon is killing me. He's my mother's best friend's nephew. How many tangents oh, wow. have we been on so far <laughs> in this show? By the way, how deep can we go? And speaking of Matt Dillon, yeah. Speaking of Matt Dillon, well, I saw. So, anyways, I saw this. Speaking of AI, um, it was Wemby with Adam Silver, and they were, I guess, doing something in Indianapolis, kind of a. It almost looked like it was, uh, you know, when Steve Jobs used to present things at his Apple functions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Everybody strives yeah. for that look. So th they're kind of having that look. And so Adam Silver said, hey, kind of watch this. And he said, make Pacers, uh, I don't know, Pacers Nuggets, make it, uh, make, allow me to see the game as a Spider-Man comic book or something like that. And all of a sudden this game turned into a, spider-man comic book and i'm like whoa it's scary it was it? wild it's frightening i was like oh i'm frightened by it i'm sorry ow. listen i i've watched scary. too many science fiction movies but this is it this is <laughs> the end of us yeah this it, is it's it we're gonna be little human batteries like in the matrix and little pods <laughs> they're gonna incredible. do it they're gonna ai's gonna figure out you know what you know who the problem is you guys yeah you're the problem yeah. we're fine us ai machines are fine yeah you however are a big problem. By the way, my nephew is a senior in high school. He, he lives in England. It's a long uh -huh. story. Anyway, he he's not going to college. He interned yep. for a couple of summers for an AI company, and they said, listen, we'll pay you X right out, and X is a pretty decent number. Yeah. We'll 
we'll hire you right now out of high school and he's going to go work for them why not you go to college to get a good job he's got a good job I don't know maybe he gets whacked or something at some point but he can always go back why not just take the money and run and he's doing AI he'll after four years there, he'll be an expert or even more of one in his field of choice. You know exactly how I feel about that because that's been what my family's been doing. Yeah. That's exactly what my family is doing. So I, I do think, you know, I, I've told my son this, I do think that, you know, he, he wants to get into neurobiology. I mean, he's, in, he's incredibly intelligent and he knows, understands the brain. He's trying to understand autism. He's got high-functioning autism. So he's trying to understand that a little bit more. And so that's what he wants to get into. But it's that same kind of thought that I, I think, same and different. There, I think there's a belief in, I think, in certain circles, well, well, what's your degree? Well, who cares what my degree is? If I can do that job and do it well, yeah. then why does a degree well, matter? As long right. as they agree, right. the people who are hiring point. you. The people that are hiring have to yeah. agree with that. And that's yeah. the hard part, because I think it's, it's hard to get past that. It's like, oh, well, what's your degree? Don't worry about it. Yeah. Do you know what you're talking about or yes or no? And I mean, you know, I probably know I probably know two or three people that I've worked with in the past that have no college degree. And yet they're some of the smartest people I've worked with because they knew their field. They knew it well. They worked at it um, and they were they were brilliant at, at whatever they were doing. And so from that standpoint, good on him. I'm glad as, as it really applies cool. to athletes, though, you go to college to play sports. And I get it. If you yeah. think you have a chance at the NFL, still get your education, a little different. Please. Yeah. I think everybody would say that all the people we know who are successful am, in post playing life would say, get the education. I am. I'm with you. I do not. I mean, I would I would have loved for my kids to want to go to college, but they just had different plans. And, you know, when you think about how expensive college is for for parents and for families, you know, for for your nephew to be able to say, you know what? Not only are you not going to have to pay, I'm making money. I'm going to get paid. Yeah. Which that's kind of a, that's kind of a nice little plan right yeah. there. Like, yeah. all right, cool. Let's see, do it. See, when so. they order meals, I have the daddy tax, right? I get a couple of bites, right? That's the daddy tax. I want right. the daddy tax on the money they make when they're working, you too. got oh, that's that really right. Ruling yeah. the roost. All right, let's do this now. As it's free agent season coming up very soon, as we enter the month of March, when the league year begins, we'll be at the Combine in a couple of weeks. Can't wait for that. That's still all pre-free agency. But when it gets going, the frenzy occurs, and it kind of slows down a bit, but there are some significant signings, and this team certainly participates in those. But let's get into steal a free agent or two from the AFC South opponents. Let's do it. It's legal tampering on Texans radio as we look at the free agent list of the Titans, the Colts, the Jaguars, and see, would you or would you not Okay. as far as these guys go? All right, I'll get to the Titans last. I want to get to the Colts first. Okay. Let's look at the Colts free agent list, shall we? I'm going to give you an interesting one, not that the Texans are interested in this guy, but I think it's a really unique situation for the Colts as Anthony Richardson comes back from his injury because Gardner Minshew is an unrestricted free agent heading into the league year. Now they still have time to re-sign him. Maybe they do it today as far as maybe as we're talking, they're doing it. Yeah. But that is interesting for the Colts because we all know this. They need a backup quarterback. Everybody mm-hmm. does, but especially them with the doubts about Richardson's health, not the recovery from this particular injury, but the propensity to get injured again. I don't think the Colts will let him go. I don't think they can go without a safety net. I, I mean, I always think about the you know, trapeze, the circus, like, man, what if they didn't have that safety net? 
well, they would they even do anything? But they've got mm -hmm. the safety net. So they're like, ah, oh, we're going to flip three times and grab the bar. Oh, we missed. Oh, we landed in the safety net. That is what Gardner Minshew is. Because do you honestly, if you're Chris Ballard and Shane Steichen, are you a thousand percent sure that Anthony Richardson, with his play style, with his injury history, mm. that he is going to be a thousand percent 17 games, not miss a game? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know that you do that. So I think, and I think, Gard I don't want to say Gardner Minshew's got him over a barrel in some sense, but Gardner Minshew should ask for a decent amount and, and challenge him and say, hey, come on, let's go. Johnny, Sam Ellinger cannot be your backup. No, he can't. Can't be your backup. Can Minshew, if I'm Gardner Minshew and his agent, are they discussing, listen, is there another place? No one's going to hire us, sign us mm -hmm. to be the starter. Right. But somebody might sign us to nurture a young quarterback along and they know we can play. I mean, the Colts almost made the playoffs with Gardner Minshew playing right. virtually the whole season. And if he makes one more throw, they're really pressing the issue against the yep. Houston Texans in that final game of the regular season. So I'm wondering if they think there's a better opportunity elsewhere. So let's think about the teams that need quarterbacks. We kind of go you know, in the draft mm. in some sense. Yep. What about New England? Would you rather have Mac Jones nurture a young quarterback no, or Gardner no, Minshew? Gardner Minshew. He's done it before. God, he can Mac do Jones, it again. No way. And you know what? You might mess around and win some games Absolutely. with Gardner Minshew. It's been proven that Absolutely. you can. Absolutely. The other one I thought of was Washington, but I think Jacoby Brissett's still there, but I don't know what his free agent status is. I want to say he's a free agent, but I could be wrong with that. But whether it's Sam Howell or it's a rookie coming in, Boy, your backup is Gardner Minshew, and he gives you an opportunity. And it's Cliff Kingsbury. I think Gardner Minshew in that offense would be really, really good um, as a backup. I know they they probably need to go out and get Jane Daniels or Drake May or whatever they're going to do with the number two pick. Or they could sit there and say, you know what? We're happy with Sam. We think Sam is going to end up being a really, a really good quarterback. He's going to get settled. We're going to go with Sam Howell. He's good enough to start while you're nurturing a young quarterback, I think. <clears throat> That's and he'll true. battle for the job. He wants to so play. So maybe Washington at that point, if you think that way, okay, yeah. let's not mess with it. Yeah. Let's just, we're going to go with Sam. We're going to draft the rookie, and then we'll let the rookie take over whenever he's ready. Right. Um, who else needs quarterbacks? We don't know what's happened in Chicago. If Justin Fields gets traded mm -hmm. and they get Caleb and they draft Caleb Williams, I don't know. It, the more and more that comes out of Chicago, it sounds like, hey, we're just going to draft Caleb Williams and keep Justin Fields. Like, what? If, if you really believe that Caleb Williams is that guy, <laughs> is the prospect, you have to draft him. Yeah, yeah. Or absolutely. you have to trade absolutely. the pick. Or have you have to, to trade the pick. But I, I think you have to draft him at this point and get rid of fields at the same time. Do you? I mean, it, I don't know if you do fields will have to field all those questions. Pardon the pun, but you, I feel like you have you to, you're going to you get nothing in return. See, personally, for I have my doubts about Caleb Williams. You well, know, you know, okay. I tend to go the other side with you these do. things. You definitely do. I tend to look, the talent is amazing with Caleb Williams. And I think that the way he conducts himself in college, conducted himself in mm -hmm. college, various instances, USC struggling, tough losses. Mm -hmm. He made some incredible plays. I mean, yep. they, they're not even where they are without him. How bad would they have been without him, Johnny? Oh, they How were two and they were two and ten without him. Lincoln Riley. Great. Good job. Yeah. Sorry. I well, it's, it's been interesting myself. to kind of watch the evolution of USC. He did a press conference the other day, and he, he talked about... Now, he didn't say, I made this decision, 
but it was posted as USC kind of made the decision, well, we're not going to do much more of the transfer stuff because they were just taking transfers after transfers. They're going to try and develop guys. Okay, well, whatever. I guess that's what you say after a bad season because that bad season is probably going to follow with a bad season as you go into the Big Ten. But, hey, we're doing it with a bunch of young guys. They're going to grow together, et cetera, whatever. Uh, mm. I think Caleb's going to be fine. I think he'll be fine in Chicago. Um, I don't know that I want Caleb Williams and Justin Fields in there together. I just think that's two alpha personalities. I don't know how that's going to work. I mean, if you put Caleb Williams with Gardner Mitchell, I think that would work. The upside of I Caleb Williams is tremendous. Yes. Is there any other quarterback in the draft who has that electricity going in? They could all be really good. Drake May yeah, yeah. could be good. Panics could be really good. But is there somebody that, look, if you have a Justin Fields, I'm definitely taking this guy. Let's say Williams is off the board. Is there any other quarterback you'd consider taking at number one if you're Chicago while you have Fields still on the roster? I don't think there is. No, 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 no. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Think I think about he's, that the one. he's, yeah, the, he's one. the guy. He's the guy. Jaden Daniels, I have his number two, my quarterback rankings. You can see those at footballtaker.com. Got write ups for all the guys. So check that out. But I, I have Jaden Daniels, number two, Drake May. I mean, they're, they're very close. I mean, I think there's a gap between those three and the JJ McCarthy. But I think Chicago. It's Caleb Williams. I mean, I, I've thought he's been number one for two years. I'm going to stick with it. I know there's some things off the field, but, man, he had no defensive help. His offensive line was garbage. He was running for his life half the time. So he paints his nails. He's a little different, whatever. Um, he won a lot of games at USC on his own. Mm. On his own. So I think he's going to I think he's gonna be just fine. kind of got a wide receiver personality in some ways. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. I, I think, but to back to the point here, Chicago, even if they shipped Fields out while they're drafting Williams, would they go with Bajent to nurture him yes. along I, instead of one. signing a Minshew? I forgot about Bajent. I think Bajent yeah. would be, you know, now he's only in his second year. But he's played. He's played. He's been there. He started a few games. Um, and Williams kind of kind of knock him down the way, yeah. uh, you know, C.J. Stroud here and Will, Davis Mills is a different uh, yeah, thing. I Mills had 25 starts under You know belt. Caleb's going to be the guy. I think the Bears would take the same stance that D'Amico took. Let's let him earn it. Let's let him earn it just yeah. like they did in Houston. C.J. earned it, and then he, he ran off with it. Everybody would know that Caleb's going to take over at some point. I just don't think that Justin Fields, the Bears don't need that. The Bears don't need that controversy. The Bears just need to say, we've made a decision, we're going with this guy, and away we go. Whether it is Justin Fields or it's Caleb Williams, if they decide Justin Fields is the guy, mm. now all of a sudden what do they do with the, with the number one pick? Because there are going to be some teams that trade are sitting it. at four and five trade. potentially. Trade. Yeah, absolutely I'd trade. I wouldn't trade outside the top five, but, man, you trade, you get a boatload You still want Marvin pick. Harrison Jr., so you can't go too low, but you're probably going to miss out on him. I, <laughs> because the order is this, and I know you know the order, but it's Chicago, Washington, New England, Arizona, the Chargers. I mean, Marvin Harrison's not getting out of the top five. No, he's not, not getting, getting out of the top, top three, probably, right. right? I mean, you can make a case that if the Patriots do something non-rookie quarterback related, like, I don't know, maybe they make a trade for Kirk Cousins or do something of that magnitude. That's where crazy talk. I, they I'm, I'm not saying they're to going to. Guy. I think so, too. But there's a possibility. There's a possibility it could happen. They want to run it back with, I don't know, Mac. Uh, they can't. They can't. They've got to draft the rookie. But maybe the Patriots are get a deal. Somebody's like, hey, look, we got a deal for you. And it's just too good to pass up. Here's the one thing. You've heard me say this about other years. And we talked about it a little bit as it pertained to last year's draft. We knew going in that if most guys declared, 
you were going to have a pretty stout quarterback uh, quarterback draft class this year. You will not have that next year. You okay. have Carson Beck. You have Quinn Ewers. And maybe those guys would be four and five at best in this draft class okay. of quarterbacks. So it's Carson more like Beck, you might put up a little bit higher. Or a two years ago class. Right. So yeah. that this class, I mean, Carson Beck, I think, is going to, uh, he would be my number one quarterback prospect. And I think he could, he would, he's probably number four of this list. But I think he'll be the number one guy going in next year. And I think he can improve and get even better. I thought he had a good year. He's the kind of guy I could see a lot of teams wanting to build around. I get it. But as it pertains to, to Minshew, I think there are going to be opportunities. Okay, here's one. Mm. This is crazy. What about the Dallas Cowboys? They already have Trey Lance as a backup. But they, Do they honestly believe in Trey Lance? Well, they acquired him. I know they acquired him. Dak's cap number is higher than the GNP of a South American country. I mean, so I don't think that he's going anywhere, of course. Yeah. Uh, the backup situation is uh, what's his name from Central Michigan still there? Oh, Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty solid. I mean, look, I want to see Trey Lance get an opportunity at some point. Um, but I'm just trying to think of teams where Gardner Minshew could have an opportunity, given things quarterback wise not going so extremely well. Okay, here's another one. Um, he's got to end up back in would Indy. You, would you take? Would you take Gardner Minshew or Malik Willis to be Will Levis's backup? Oh, my gosh. He's doing the whole AFC South tour except I, for the Texans. I mean, just think about Will Levis. When I think about quarterbacks that where there's a big question mark around still that particular you are quarterback. 100% right. Wait a minute. Who drafted Willis? It was not Rand Carthon. Not Rand Carthon. Oh, yeah. He's, he's, good. he's good to go. He's good to ship Willis yeah, out. Absolutely. And he, they desperately, absolutely. Will Levis Gardner Minshew when we get to them, Ryan Tannehill's a free agent too, by yes. the way. And there's no way he's back. Nope. And that's another player, though, that if you have a young guy to bring along and you have want some insurance, Ryan yep. Tannehill may be playing a little bit. Uh, I think the Colts, there's no doubt they've got to get Minshew back. The question is, does Minshew hold them hostage here right. for more money? I if don't I'm know Minshew, what's going to happen. I, if I'm Minshew and the, the Colts are like, we are, you know, obviously it's Anthony Richardson. I don't think there's any question. Mm -hmm. I look at the Titans and I know they're saying some really good things about, about Will Levis, but Brian Callahan did a really good job with Joe Burrow. Something would happen to Levis and the way that Levis plays kind of pretty similar to Richardson. There's kind of that bowl to China shop sort of style. Somebody's going to get banged up. I mean, if I'm the Colts, I bring him back, but if I'm also his agent, I float out. Yeah, there might be teams in our own division that might have to take a look at Gardner Minshew. Yeah, yeah. And kind of so, see what more you can squeeze out of the Colts. And I think he's going to end up back with the Colts. But the Titans, if I'm Gardner Minshew, I walk in and go, hey, agent, Titans. You know, with Titans. how about Minshew goes to the Titans, Tannehill goes to the Colts. It could happen, <laughs> folks. All right, can I interest you? All right, you get to pick one of these four guys okay. from the Colts. This is sort of, it's okay. not an expansion draft. It is just free agency. And you're able to snare one of these players who are unrestricted. Grover Stewart. Stop. Grover Stewart. That's it, huh? That's it. Give me the other three. Just because I just Kenny Moore. Oh, 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 man. Michael Pittman. No. Tyquan Lewis. No. Okay. Those, oh boy, Grover Stewart and Kenny Moore. Now, you know I'm a huge fan of Kenny Moore. I have yeah. been for a long time. But when we get to Colts week, what's the first thing that I've talked about for the last 
four years. Yeah, DeForest Buckner and Grover Stewart. Grover Stewart and DeForest Buckner. Yeah. And to me, oh, God, Grover Stewart. I like what the Texans have inside. I can't remember who I was talking to about this. I like what the Texans have inside. I think those guys played really well this year. And I would love to bring, bring back Sheldon Rankins because I think I think Rank gets exactly what uh, D'Amico wanted to do defensively. Those guys really came around. Cleo Davis and, and Kurt Heinish are the consummate rotation guys. Mm-hmm. You've got Malik under contract. But what those guys all are are, I know it's crazy to say, but they're all they're all relatively small. They're all 300 pounds-ish. Grover Stewart gives you 325 of just brute strength, agility, all that. Now, you're going to have to pay for him. Yeah. You're going to have to pay. $10 million last year. I'll pay it. $10 million last wow. year? I'll pay $10 million. You okay. kidding me? Well, he might. I paid twelve. I don't know if he commands more. But for the listeners, just so you know, along the D-line for the Texans, not just defensive tackle, but I'll just read off a few of the unrestricted free agents to be. Again, you can still sign these guys. Mm-hmm. Sheldon Rankins. Yep. Derek Barnett. Jerry Hughes, Tier Tart, who emerged late mm-hmm. in the season a little bit, Hassan Ridgeway. So both Rankins and Ridgeway. Oh, Ridgeway's back. I forget about him all the time. Okay. He's not back. He's unrestricted. Oh, he's unrestricted. Okay. Yeah. My bad. My bad. So okay. you've, you've got that. Right. You've got some issues to deal with here yep. along that defensive line. And there's no way they're all back. Uh, Grenard, obviously, is the big one. Uh, unrestricted free agent, a guy you drafted. I know it was a completely different regime then. But you'd love to see him back if it's affordable. I don't know what they're thinking, what they're saying, but this D-line's going to look very different. It's safe to say. You've got Will Anderson Jr. coming back. Mm-hmm. You know, you have the reserves coming back. you got Kurt Heinisch entering, what, year three now. That's going to be awesome to see. Um, you know, obviously with Malik in the fold, that's going to be very nice as well. But you played a lot of guys up front, and there's no way all these unrestricted-to-bees are going to be back. Yeah, there's no question. And And... When I think about what Grover Stewart would do here in this defense and then how it hurts the Colts defense, I'm all about it. Okay. Let's, let's go. Nice. I mean, it's kind of a it's kind of a double whammy from that from that perspective. Um and I would pay a little bit of money for Grover Stewart for sure. Okay. Um but I, I, I down I, deep, I don't think Chris Ballard lets Grover Stewart get one inch. To free, he's not getting outside that building at all. I I think Stewart's the kind of guy they've they've wanted for a long time. Ten million? That's nothing. That's not that's then. nothing in the NFL for a guy of that caliber. So, sure. Um, can, now, Kenny Moore, you can you can you can hit me with too. I again for the Colts, they're they've got a quarterback under a rookie contract, so they they can pay. They've got cap space. There's always been this talk up in Indianapolis about Ballard and cap space, and he's always a little bit stingy with it. But one thing Ballard has done is he will pay his own free agents, mm. and they like Kenny Moore. They like Grover Stewart. So I would imagine either one of them gets close. But you get to the point where you pay one. Do you pay Pittman? Now, if you pay Pittman, you pay uh, Grover Stewart. Do you have money for Kenny Moore? Because I think Kenny Moore, you know, depending on what you got going with Des King, I think Kenny Moore gives you Kenny. You know, Des King isn't coming back. Kenny Moore is kind of a younger version of that, and he's also a guy that could play corner in a pinch, like he did against us. He'd go outside, nickel would come in, he'd go inside. So from from that perspective, Kenny Moore would be really interesting. But I'm not really sure what they're, you know, what what the thought process. I doubt is. they pay Pittman right. 
I doubt they pay I him. I doubt they pay him. I mean, they've got Alec Pierce, but then if they let Pittman go, they're probably going to do the same thing. They're going to look at a draft for a wide receiver. I think Texans are better set a wide receiver with Tank and Nico, but they've got Alec Pierce and they've got Josh Downs. It's not a bad place to start. So I think Pittman walks. I don't think Pittman's going to find quite the market that some of the other receivers are going to find, in large part because this receiving class coming in um, is is really, really, really good. And there are really a lot good. of names you know in unrestricted free agency yes. to be yes. for these receivers. All right, so you your pick from the Colts, I'm going to let you go. Let's narrow it down to one. Stewart. You're going to pick Grover Stewart. That's oh, but I've got a Titan and a Jaguar that could interest you as well, my friend. We'll get to them as we go free agent tampering before the start of the league year here on Texans Radio. Moving right along on the program, Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you as we are tampering. We are doing some legal tampering yes. for free agents, unrestricted free agents to be. This is us talking, not the organization. We just hypotheticals here. Yeah. And we went Colts free agent shopping, and Johnny selected Grover Stewart as a possible Texan if he were making the decisions. Now, it's easy for us to say it's not our money. But let's move on to the Tennessee Titans and what they have available. Because I'll start with the D-line here. They've got some names you know on the other side of the ball. We've talked about them this week already. Yeah. But Denico Autry, Johnny, Ooh. he is a free agent to be. Made seven-plus last year. Hmm. So he's one of these guys that you're going to want to look at. They have a lot of guys hitting free agency that I think they're very happy to see hit unrestricted free agency. There are a lot of names here where they're probably thinking – Good riddance. I mean, thank you for your service. Right. But we're good because I don't see too many game breakers here that are hitting unrestricted free agency, particularly on the defensive side of the ball for the Tennessee Titans. Hit me with some of the other ones, because when you say Autry, Sean Autry, Bunting, Terrell no. Edmonds, these are secondary no. guys. Christian Fulton. No, um, no, I'm not touching any of the secondary guys. Yeah. I mean, you look at uh, Travis Gibson on the D line. Who else do we have? Joe Jones. Marlon Davidson, Ross Blacklock, our old buddy, pick number 40. Let's not revisit that. Kevon Wallace. No, right. no, no, um, no. TK McClendon. No. Oh, Aziz Alshire. Oh, no. Let's talk. Okay. Let's talk right. about. I, I don't know how I forgot about him playing that linebacker. I was looking in the secondary. Trying to figure the out how he, what, what contract he signed. He's only a one-year deal with him. Five million. So here he is hitting unrestricted free agency. Wow. Wow. I mean, that that's the one I would think about. He's one of the best linebackers we've seen this year and on the opposing side. Where did he play prior to the Titans? San Francisco 49ers, and his de defensive coordinator was? D'Amico Ryans. Thank you. So he knows him well, mm -hmm. Aziz Alshire. Yes. All right. Yes. I That guy played sick in the first game, the one that Case played. Mm -hmm. And I thought even in that game, he was he was exceptional. I watching him on film. I, I really liked watching him. Um, I just can't believe he's an unrestricted free agent. But yeah, D'Amico, D'Amico coached him. I actually thought he was going to end up here, thinking, okay, our linebackers have kind of got to be reset. We got to figure this thing out. I thought he would end up here. He thought he'd be like Jimmy Ward type here yes. in the linebacker yes, core. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So. I'll show you here's the guy would do. Danico Autry, you know how I feel about him. I've always been a huge fan. He's always been, man, a thorn in our side. He can rush from inside, outside. There's all that kind of stuff. And I think I still think he's got game left. But picking just one, I think Al Shire is a guy that I would probably take. Okay. Guy, 
oh, you know who his teammate was? At FAU, it was Devin Singletary. I always forget about that. Unrestricted free agent. Unrestricted free agent. He's 26 years old. He will turn 27 on August, in August. So I think you still have got at least three good years, two, three good years. He runs well. He knows the defense. Um, I'm not going to sit here and, I mean, I thought the Texas linebackers played very well last year. I thought Blake Cashman, Christian Harris did some good things. But as we saw throughout the year, that was one of the most banged up positions. Too. Denzel Perriman is unrestricted. Yeah. Neville so, Hewitt, unrestricted. Yeah. Special teams mostly, played a little bit at linebacker. So I think Al Shire would be the guy that I would I would take a look at. If I re-sign Blake, I've already got Christian Harris in the fold. What do I think DP still got left? Because, man, DP had some games. He had some games. His game against a Titans free agent that we know very, very well, Denzel Perryman was instrumental in shutting down Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. Instrumental in a game in Nashville. He was outstanding. Uh, but DP's going into his 10th year. I think this is his 10th year in the league. So what's what's he still got left? What is How does the team perceive that? Uh, that would be my worry. But from a play standpoint, last year, when Denzel was right, wow. Is Al Shire better in coverage? That's the question. Um, and he knows his defense. He knows the backwards and forwards. He knows D'Amico. Um, Al Shire would be the guy. Offensively, we all know it's Derrick Henry. I mean, Nick Westbrook-Akine, I think, he, you know, for us, he'd be a, a four maybe. So I don't know if I really want to look that way. Um, Brewers too small. I don't want to worry about that. But Derrick Henry, what's your thought on Derrick Henry? You can get Derrick Henry for a two-year contract, twenty million, sixteen million guaranteed. I might do it just to do it. You know, Derrick Henry, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? It's Derrick. Henry. It's Derrick Henry. <laughs> well, his own blocking scheme. Listen, it's Derrick Henry. We'll figure it out, right? Yeah. yeah. Let me ask you this: Does Derrick Henry change the way you organize your offense? No, I don't think too much. I think he would. I think he would fit in, in doing and doing the things that they would want. It's he just lives. stays front side the whole time, just bulldozes people. Yeah, I mean, I think... There's another four or five yards, no right. problem. Good job, Derek. Well, I think some of the runs... You know, I always find it interesting when we were talking about the running game because I do think there were there were some runs last year that, that Motor cut back on because, obviously, there was a cutback lane. But a guy like Derek Henry might continue front side and let things develop a little bit more and he could pop it the same way but staying front side break a tackle right break a tackle get into the secondary also the seven yard gain whereas motor goes backside he gets a seven yard gain. it's just a different way to do it um in this scheme but i like that this is the, the scheme allows you to do that two years 20 million 16 million guaranteed i think i'd do it i'm, it, like I'm on said, record saying Derek freaking henry i'm on record saying i'd probably go barkley yeah but barkley's got more of an injury history. Henry looked good in that last game against the Jags. I know he didn't look good at all against the Texans this year, which is weird to say. Think about all the things that we reversed or <laughs> turned back I know. this year I know. as an organization. Just amazing stuff. All right, let's move on to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Ooh, okay. So your pick for the for the Titans turns out to be... Al Shire. Al Shire, okay. okay. The linebacker. Okay. So the Jaguars, let's go free agent shopping here. Who do they okay. have that's set to hit unrestricted free agency? And that would be pass rusher Josh Allen. Jamal Agnew, interesting player. Mm-hmm. I get the feeling Nick likes him. He speaks glowingly about yes. him in the scouting reports. Yes. Uh, Dewan Smoot, okay. Uh, Ridley... Mm. I'm not Herndon. touching Calvin Ridley. I'm yeah, just, I I'm just not. I and I, and I just last year he looked discombobulated. 
Um, and I know he'd been he's off streaky. football. He's streaky. he's streaky. Now, he hurt us at times. Oh, yeah. He can hurt you, but he can now, also drop a big ball, and uh, right, it right. doesn't look so good. Could CJ make him look like the Calvin Ridley we knew and followed out of Alabama? Maybe, but I don't know if you're going to pay him I'm just to do not, that when there are other options. I don't want to pay a receiver in free agency. Yeah. I just don't because I yeah. think the receivers in this draft class are outstanding. Right. So I don't want to do it. Um, but let's have a conversation about Josh Allen. Let's do it. Defensive end, Josh Allen. And I, I want to get I want to get this point because this happened. I was driving down the road. I was listening to Sean and Seth. And I don't know how it got brought up, but just they were talking about the Jaguars. But then they kind of did like we did. They were kind of having a tangent somewhere. And then they said the word, the name Josh Allen. I went, Bill's quarterback? You still default to Bill's quarterback, Josh Allen. So Jaguars defensive end. Every time I say Josh Allen's name, it's going to yeah. be Jaguars defensive end, Josh Allen. I think he's going to want to get paid, paid, paid. He's going to want bucks. And I I know that people talk about the game he had against us. He had two and a half sacks. A sack and a half came off of either missed assignments or just being a free runner mm. due to the scheme. So Josh Allen has never really hurt us, to be honest with you. I don't think. Um I've never been terrified of him. Put it that's that way. a good point. I've never been terrified of him. Now, he's still what? He's 26. He'll be 27 in uh, in July. So 27 going to this year. He's probably going to get I don't know 23, 24 million. Mm-hmm. I, I just I can't do that. I can't do that. I feel like there are some good edge rushers that are young in this draft that if at 23, one of those young edge rushers is going to fall to me. So. I might be in the, hey, Josh Allen might be the Namdi Asamoah's edge rushers. Okay, because 17 and a half sacks, very yeah, attractive. He might be the Namdi Asamoah. Everybody's shooting for him. So, okay, he's going to get paid. He's going to get $24, 25000000 million. But you know what? I'm going to go probably a layer underneath, whether it's re-signing Grenard, um, bringing him back, or re-signing or signing somebody, and, that, and then also signing Al Shire from Tennessee. You know, mm. where if I sign Josh Allen, man, maybe I can't sign another guy. I can't sign Grenard and I can't sign, you know, Daniel Hunter and or I don't know, whatever, whoever the, the free agent would be. I just feel like he's going to ask for so much money that it's just not going to be financially worth it with what you get on the field from him and what you're paying for him. That's Anybody else attractive thought. to you from the Jaguars? Well, uh, the. The weird thing is they don't have a lot of they a ton don't. of unrestricted free agents. They don't have a lot of big names. Right. It's kind of like the uh, Titans situation. Yeah. Now, go back to your thought about Jamal Agnew. Yeah. I've said kind of all along that I think what would be kind of interesting in this offense would be kind of a kind of a combo guy. You know, a weapon X, as I, as I put it in my draft uh, database. Return, special packages for that kind of thing. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Put him in a the backfield. Um, he, I remember the, the Philadelphia Eagles game at 22. He ended up lining up in the backfield and just shooting at a flat and gets open, catches, makes one move on a guy in the rain, touchdown. I think Agnew could end up being a really interesting free agent, and I don't think you have to break the bank for him. So, and you're right. That, and that's one of the things that I always think about is how does Nick, when he does the scouting reports, what does he say about who are the first guys he mentions? And Agnew is one of those guys yeah. uh, that pops off when he when he, he talks he about it. He changes the game. When he got hurt, yeah. they yep. weren't as good. Exactly. And, exactly. And that kind of coincided with their slot. I'm not 
saying was all him, yep. but just a part of things there. Yes. Really interesting organization because, yeah, they end up with a winning season, which for them is a headline. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, based on last year, no. Uh, last year, meaning 2022 success, mm -hmm. no. But they follow it up. With a winning season, it was a bitter disappointment to lose to the Titans, but the Titans played a really good game, and they had Derrick mm -hmm. Henry going nuts. Yep. We've seen that before. We've seen that movie before. So I'm not here to write off the Jags. Those who think, oh, AFC South repeat, let's go, and let's get right back to the divisional round and do better next time. Yeah, I'd love to see it, but you got to do a ton of work just to get back there. And that's not just to get back there, just to win in week one. Yeah. All right, just to deal with the Jaguars, the Titans, the Colts, who are coming for your lunch money, and you got to protect it. All right, coming up, that's our free agent tampering for now, because I know we have more. We have more to do. It's legal tampering. We just started an AFC South. It's hypothetical radio tampering. That's what we're doing. But I want to talk about this because you have already watched it, and it's up on Apple TV, the Patriots Dynasty documentary. We talked the NFL Today documentary yesterday. I've got another documentary or two. These need to be made. And is a certain team in the NFL headed for a certain documentary series that goes on NFL Network? That's not much of a tease, but we'll pay it off anyway. It's coming up here on Texans All Access. All right, heading into the stretch run here on Texans All Access tonight. Hope you have great weekend plans. If you're working, thank you. Thank you for your service working, especially working in restaurants and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, we all had to work on weekends at some point, and I work a lot of weekends throughout the year, but I don't consider it work. Uh, but we all had to do these mm -hmm. things, and if you're in that mode, thank you for uh, doing that, and everybody can have a good time, and hopefully you can have some good earnings out of the deal. All right, let's get to this, Johnny. How was it? The Patriots Dynasty Ooh. Apple TV documentary. Any good dazzling revelations out of that one? I they they posted the first two episodes, so it sounds like Friday is going to be their day to post, which I think is pretty typical of Apple TV. Um, that of the of the series that I remember, they all post on Friday. Maybe Ted Lasso, but in typical Apple TV form, they I saw Julian Edelman tweet. It's on, and then he, you know, said, "Hey, you know, posted the dynasty stuff." It's like, "Oh, okay, let's see if it's there." And about eight o'clock last night, it was there. I was like, "Okay," and I just locked in. Um, my son decided he was going to bed early, like really early. So it was about nine o'clock. Dogs had gone to sleep. I was like, "I'm watching this uninterrupted, watching it." And I walked out of there going, "Boy, this is really well done. They've got footage. They've mm. got great footage." And I know everybody wants to hear the interviews, but, man, they've got really good footage. They talked to people for years. Everybody talked about Ernie Adams as director of football research, yes. this mysterious figure. He was. He's interviewed. Oh, that is cool. I'm like, wow, okay. Is he the one who discovered Tom Brady? Uh, well, you know, they don't get into who discovered him, but they have some draft room footage from what they were sort of alluding to was the 2000 draft. Whoa. The funny thing is, if you look back at the 2000 draft for the Patriots, it's hot garbage. A lot of their drafts were. Except for pick 199. Yeah. Um, it's a good pick. So they talked to, they talked to Brady. They talked to Brady's, uh, Brady's family. Mom, dad, sister were all. Giselle? 
No Giselle. That not yet. Bridget Moynihan. I did not see no, uh, none of them. They had great footage from Brady's rookie year, like home video stuff from Brady in the house that he bought from Ty Law, which is a very funny moment when Ty Law talks about that with Tom Brady. And they kind of go, there's a little bit of back and forth, even though they're not in the same room. It's kind of interesting. But, man, they've got good footage. But they go all the way back. They go to Kraft buying the team, talking about the Patriots, you know, then the Bledsoe, you know, drafting Bledsoe. The fact that Bledsoe had become, nobody reaches like Bobby or Larry Bird status in Boston, but Bledsoe had become, I'm trying to think of a good comparison, but he had become oh, kind of like he was a star. He was their James Harden. He went to a Super Bowl. Yeah, they lost to the Packers. Yeah, but he got them to a Super Bowl. That right. was big news. Right. Belichick takes over in 2000, and when Bledsoe gets hurt, they get a chance to see Brady at work and see how Brady works and how Brady was doing all this. It was really, really well done. I think one of the guys that was great was Scott Pioli. Scott Pioli was interviewed and talking about the things that they were having to deal with with the Drew Bledsoe thing because imagine, imagine uh, like, let's say Matt Shaw back in the day. I mean, Bledsoe had a higher Q rating in Boston than, than Shaw had here, but imagine if Shaw gets hurt and the backup is playing pretty well and the talk that would have gone if Shaw got back healthy, what were you going to do? How are you going to handle this? And the fact that Belichick had been through it before with Bernie Kosar with the Cleveland Browns. So now he's making this decision to go with the other guy again, and he's getting crucified. And then Brady bails him out. Brady goes out the game after he makes the decision to stick with Brady. He throws four touchdowns, and, and that's it. the proverbial rest is history. Yeah. And away you go. So they stopped episode two just after the tuck rule game, and the tease kind of at the end was Tom Brady in the AFC Championship game, takes a sack, and on the ground, writhing in pain, and then, boom, cut to credits. And I'm like, oh! so A lot of people don't remember what happened they there, got me, so yeah. I'm not going to spoil, spoil it. Don't spoil it. It is sports history, so it's out there. Yeah. But anyway, it's watch been it, there, enjoy but it. I'm really interested to see how they continue to put it together. What I have heard about it was that the first, first few episodes kind of set everything up. In the middle, they kind of talk about the dynasty. They get into apparently, they get, apparently they get into Spygate, Deflategate, and Aaron Hernandez. Okay. Now, how deep they go in, don't know. But Can apparently, O'Brien and Brady yelling at each other on the. I don't side know if line? they get into that, but apparently, the last two or three episodes are all about the Brady Belichick relationship and Robert Kraft trying to keep it together. Can't wait for those. I, oh, I the mean, fall of the dynasty. That's cow. what I'm interested in. Yes, I want to see the demise. So I know I'm that way. I'm just bitter and shallow as a sports fan. What can I say? So you know that show, The Missing Rings? Yeah, yeah, yeah. series. Yeah, it was on NFL Films. Yeah. Yeah, they did a a series called The Missing Rings. Obviously, the Buffalo Bills. The Minnesota Vikings of the 70s. -hmm. The Missing Rings. San Diego Chargers with bouts. Missing Rings. Mm -hmm. Teams that could have, would have, should have won rings. Didn't do it. Couldn't do it. Whatever. It's interesting to me now how the San Francisco 49ers, despite having Super Bowl championships in their past, four mm-hmm. by Montana, one by Steve Young, yep, they go to another one and lose. We're going to start talking about a missing rings yep. on them yep, because this has been a hell of a run, but it's difficult to get over the top, especially in the land of the Chiefs right now, which happens to be the NFL. When they lost to the Chiefs in after the 19 season, um, 
which by the way, I was thinking about, we've, you know, in the, we've lost to, well, we didn't this year because we didn't face the Chiefs. So I'll forget about that. But um, after the 49ers lost that, the first matchup with the Chiefs, I don't remember there being this Kyle Shanahan can't win the big one. Kyle Shanahan made these mistakes. Even the players talking about what they didn't do, whatever the case All might right, be. This is more severe, but there was some talk because Atlanta was fresh in everybody's mind from 16, right. blowing that lead, obviously, 28-3, to three, and they blew, what, a 10-point lead? They did blow a 10-point lead, but I kind of felt like the Chiefs, I don't know. There was less of it. There yeah, was less right, of right, Shanahan right, right. blowing the big one, but now but it's this hot year, and heavy. Holy cow, between the decision in overtime... Brandon Ayuk saying he wants out. The two offensive linemen, John Feliciano, basically throwing Spencer Burford under the bus for blowing a protection. That's bad. Um, you got all that going on. Apparently, the the media out there is just constantly harping on this overtime decision. Like they've just they've dug their heels in, and like that's the decision that cost the game. I'm like, it, it's all not. Right. And you know what? You and I were talking about this earlier in the week, right? We went right to it, and right. I said. I don't agree with the decision to take the ball, but I'm not saying that's why they lost yes, either. Exactly. I think you're basically doomed if you go to overtime with the Kansas City Chiefs. They're yeah. gonna they're gonna find mm-hmm. a way. But I do agree you should have left them on the field first so yes. you know what you could do. Now maybe the defense was tired, whatever other factors went into the decision. But to think about that third possession, are you enjoying that third possession? <laughs> Can I see the footage of that yeah. third possession? Well, really? We don't have it? Oh, oh yeah, because there wasn't one. Speaking of footage, and this is kind of my, kind of to my point, the mic'd up is fantastic. I watched that either the night before or the, a couple nights ago. That moment is really interesting from all, all parties. From the time they go out there, before, even before they go out there, Mahomes is talking to Andy Reid about, hey, what are we going to do? How are we going to do this? And basically, the only question that you can hear and ask is, which way do we want to kick? Yeah. He's like, all right, let's kick this way. So they were, you know, they wanted to go second, no doubt. They were saying, okay, if they win the toss. I mean, it was the Chiefs were expecting them. Yeah. So they were surprised. There's a there's a moment where you see Dave Taub, who's a special teams coach, talking to the kickoff team, going, we were going to kick if we won the toss. Yeah, which all of it is just fascinating to watch. But just watching the 49ers kind of melt down a little bit, watching and listening to Kyle Shannon. Now, Kyle didn't have this big meltdown or anything, but I listened to his presser um, talking about the the, you know, taking the ball in overtime. And you could tell, hey, I've told you guys this. You guys know how I feel about like he's repeating his, you know, thought process over and over and over again. And eventually that that's going to start to wear you down. So does that start pulling at the fabric of that team a little bit? I don't know. I don't. And that's, that's where I get sort of curious. Like that, what happens in a Super Bowl loss? You think about the Eagles last year, the hangover, the Eagles were, they were hanging together for the most part, but then all of a sudden you started hearing some rumblings and then boom, six out of seven. You know what I, you know what I hate about their oh. demise? Everyone calling them out earlier in the year when they were winning. There's yeah. something wrong with them. And I thought, yeah. lighten up. Yeah. Jeez, they're winning. Relax, and Francis. And then everybody's right, right that there was something wrong with them. They there got lucky, though. Missing. I'm not going to give them credit. Those pundits on the morning talk shows on ESPN right. and Fox and all that. Something's wrong. Yeah. Something's broke. That team was well, broken. Were, uh, I thought the Chiefs were broken. Nope. They, they got back to playing good, solid football. And the defense, the defense filled in the gaps. 
where the offense had been you, you got a top five, top three quarterback, and it really helps. Yeah, that helps. All right, that's that it helps. for this show tonight. This will be up on podcast soon enough. Area 45 coming up. Sean and Patrick, check it out. Have a great weekend. Go Texans.